You're listening to the Going for Two Fantasy Football Podcast. And here are your hosts, Craig Fernicola and Billy Bowerman. Welcome back, everyone, to Going for Two. This is Billy Bowerman, one of the co-hosts of the show, along here with Craig Fernicola. Craig, how you doing this Thursday night? I'm doing good. We're watching uh, 49ers beating the Oakland Raiders on a Thursday night. I know we're a little behind, day behind, but I uh, want to get you guys an episode out before the week. Uh, 49ers are currently in the second quarter, up 14-3, to three, surprisingly. Yeah, boy, Nick, Nick Mullins, Nick first Mullins, career start. Huh? Looking good, Craig. A little something, Nick Mullins. Nice little play action touchdown to Garcon there. I mean, that's as easy as it gets. It does, yeah. I mean, he's wide open. We're going to kick this off since we are recording during the Thursday night game. Can't really provide you with much uh, useful analysis on this one. So we're going to start with the first Sunday game. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You should really start Pierre Garçon, Nick Mullins, Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> they're doing, they're, they're going to have a really good game, I think. The Back to the Future style episode. First Sunday game, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. Big time divisional matchup, Craig. Yeah, this is a, a really interesting game because, you know, especially for the division, you know, yep. the, the NFC North, these two teams are a game apart. Yep. We've seen that Detroit trade away Golden Tate this week. We might be seeing, you know, the breakout game for Kenny Galladay. Um, Marvin Jones has come on hot as of late. Theo Riddick is practicing this week. I think he's going to be coming back for Detroit. So, yeah, even though Detroit did trade away Tate, I mean, they are not throwing in the towel on this season. They're very much still in the playoff race. And a very competitive NFC North when you factor in the Packers, you know, even the Bears. I mean, these teams are all kind of in that, like, four to five win, you know, area. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup down the end. Uh, for Minnesota, they're getting back Xavier Rhodes, uh, the cornerback. And they're also going to be getting back, I think, Dalvin Cook this week. Uh, surprisingly, he had two limited practices this week, and they have a bye week next week. If everything goes well on Friday, it appears like he will be back playing. Uh, but I would not be surprised if they hold him out for one more week since they have the bye. Craig, uh, over the course of this week, the Detroit Lions went ahead and traded Golden Tate to the Eagles. And they did lose last week. They lost to... Seattle by two touchdowns. They do need a big bounce back win here. Do you think that this team is going to really come out like they really need a win, or are they going to be kind of a little deflated at the trading of one of their key players on offense here, coming off a tough loss last week? I could see this this game going one of two ways. What what do you what are your feelings about what's going to happen for the Lions here this week? You know, I, I don't think that them trading away Golden Tate is going to make this team all of a sudden just throw in the towel. You know, from the players' perspective, I, this is more playing time for Kenny Galladay. This is like you know, next man up. They have a couple young receivers that can step in in three wide receiver sets. You know, this is a team that is probably going to want to try and commit to the run as well. They have a really impressive offensive line. Uh, I think I'm really excited to see Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones, obviously the. You know, Xavier Rhodes playing for Minnesota does stink a little bit for whoever's going up against him. Uh, but Matthew Stafford's going to have to air the ball out. They're, they're more than likely going to be trailing in points. It's going to be a competitive game. I really like Harry on Johnson in this game. You know, it's a little bit upsetting that he's not getting enough red zone carries. Uh, the return of Theo Riddick is going to be a hurting. You know, it's going to definitely hurt him, uh, especially last week where almost all of his production came from catching the ball. Uh, you have to, you know, temper your expectations with Carryon Johnson. He's a better football player in real life than he's going to be for fantasy. I think this season is Kenny Galladay somebody that our seasonal league owners should really want to be out there and targeting this week before Sunday's game. Well, I, in my opinion, I think he's about to really his his stats are really going to blow up here over the next few weeks. Tough matchup here, though. Uh, I mean, obviously, Vikings defense is, is is one of the better ones against the pass. So. Is it time to buy Galladay now, Craig, or do you have a little bit of time here to acquire him if you're a season league owner? No, I, I, I think this is the time to buy. I think it may be too late if you wait this week. I mean, I, we're not expecting Xavier Rhodes to be shadowing either one of these cornerbacks, and right. if he did, I would probably say that he's going to go up with Marvin Jones, who has the bigger playability deep down the field. Galladay does run a little bit in the slot. You know, They're probably going to mix that up a little bit for him. I'm just really excited. He's a very, very good football player, and I think that if you wait until he plays this game without Golden Tate, it may be too late because it's a very good possibility he does have a touchdown. It's a big place. Good stuff, good stuff. I'm going to keep this moving. Next game is the Kansas City Chief-Cleveland Brown game. 
big time QB matchup here. This was I was reading into this a little bit on the way home today from work about that 2016 matchup between Mahomes and Mayfield. Very very cool stuff. I wasn't too familiar with that game. Hopefully, you see some kind of repeat here this week. Be a lot of fun to watch. That's for sure. Well, let's start with you know Cleveland being the mess that they are. Of course, head coach gone, offensive coordinator gone. You never know. Brett Bounty Gate, Greg Williams, job offers all over the place. I can't, and they're calling him out on it, and he's got nothing to say. He's so full of shit. I mean, and. So who knows what's going to happen? He he came out and clearly said that you know Freddie Kitchens, the the interim offensive coordinator, was not hired by him. He was it was forced upon him to make him the OC. Yeah. The the making of the this may be this may be very ugly rest of season for the Browns. Even to the point where I I would not be surprised if we see Tyrod Taylor again. Uh, it's very hard to own a lot of these players. The the plus side is that Kansas City's probably the worst defense or if not one of the worst defenses in you know in football right now on the road and Cleveland being home that's working in their favor I would highly expect them to have a very conservative approach in this game trying to establish the run you know Nick Chubb Duke Johnson early on when you have you know a new changeover in the offensive coordinator I wouldn't expect them to be really you know doing anything overly creative um, so I would expect you know a very vanilla offense this week um jarvis landry should still see his targets because you have to assume they're going to be chasing points against kansas city uh one thing to point out you know cleveland the weather always comes into you know into play here particularly near the lake with the winds and things like that you know patrick mahomes may not be airing it out deep um i guess we can get right into their offense tyree kill today was you know i think limited with a groin injury, which is never a good to he, go from you know a full he, participant yeah. to practice and then to be downgraded on a Thursday. Yeah. So cl- closely monitor that. I mean, let's face it, Kansas City seven and one. They do not need him to play. Uh, so if you know he really can't give it a go on Friday, he won't play this weekend. They don't. They have so many weapons. They truly don't need him to play. Um, I think that it does. You know look like a very good a very good matchup for Kareem Hunt just because like I said the weather the wind in the in Cleveland uh Kareem Hunt's been hot the last couple of weeks he's really come on in a big way we saw Sammy Watkins have a pretty good game last week a couple touchdowns and I think just the way this matches up against Cleveland's defense Travis Kelsey's gonna be a big play you gotta imagine Sammy Watkins would be the biggest beneficiary of Hill not playing he would draw Denzel Ward I believe which would be a tough matchup for Watkins in general sometimes he does get phased out of games by number one corner so we will see keep this moving next game big division matchup again as well pittsburgh steelers baltimore ravens uh steelers still no Le'Veon bell baltimore ravens uh, a little banged up here on offense no alex collins is questionable this week so do you want to start with pittsburgh yeah so pittsburgh right now is on a three-game win streak yep. All signs, you know, everything looks like to be a good order. Le'Veon Bell did not report. You're firing up James Conner. You're firing up Antonio Brown, um, Vance McDonald. All, all of the, you know, the studs that you would play in this game, Juju, you're going to continue to play. You know, Ben on the road against a good a good defense in Baltimore. He's not the best play, but let's face it, you have six teams on by. If you have him, you're playing him. You know, this should be a good, tough divisional matchup. Baltimore does have a good defense, though. Um, you know, Jimmy Smith came back a few weeks ago in terms of you know, the secondary. Eric Weddle's still very good. Uh, they are particularly good against the run as well, where they're lacking is coverage at linebacker. That's why I think Vance McDonald's juju with some of those inter- intermediate routes. You know, those are some of the things that we're going to look for there for them to move the ball. Right now, the line on this game, it's at 47.5, and, and it seems a little high for you know a November AFC North tough divisional matchup i don't think there's going to be that many points in this game even though you know pittsburgh is loaded on offense i think this is going to be a closer scoring game something along the lines of like 24 21 you know that's got the makeup for that type of a matchup um you know in particular for connor you know because he's going up against that baltimore defensive line i I expect a lot of his points are going to be coming you know catching the ball out of the backfield things along those lines flip side of the ball Really juicy matchup for John Brown. I know he's been up and down this season, but when he's up, he's up. And he's at home this week going up against a Pittsburgh you know, secondary that's really porous. 
Uh, Artie Burns was actually benched in the last game I saw. You know, John Brown only needs to get deep once to be a good fantasy player. I, I think this is a really good matchup for him. Crabtree should be fine. You're not really – it's tough to play any of the tight ends. You don't really know what you're going to get. But Hayden Hurst did score last week. It did come off a pass from Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um, so he's starting to play more snaps than the other guys. He's an interesting play, but you didn't see it from Joe Flacco, which is a little bit upsetting. Uh, but Baltimore does usually put up more points when they are at home like they are this week. You mentioned Alex Collins. I saw he was downgraded today yeah. as well. I don't Something think he's going on play. with him. Yeah. Something going on with his, I think it was a groin injury, and then also something with migraines. Um, Ty Montgomery was acquired this week. Yep. I can't imagine he knows too much of the offense. So and we thought Buck Allen, when they acquired Ty Montgomery, was going to be the odd man out. But you know, I, I think Buck Allen might be a legitimate play this week, especially if Alex Collins is out. Are you concerned a little bit with the lack of production lately over the last few weeks from John Brown? He is getting, I mean... I was talking to Pat earlier before the podcast here, before recording, because he is somewhat of a trade target for teams that own him and uh, what dynasty or otherwise. For he probably relatively low cost receiver, but it has been productive earlier in the first half of the season. You concerned generally with the soft tissue injuries that he's had in his career and, and being an older speed receiver, just not really giving you too much production November December. Uh, I'm not. I mean, he's 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, he, his whole career has been riddled with injuries, but he's made it halfway through the season at this point, and he's been healthy. Uh, so, you know, he's on a one-year deal. I think he signed for like five and a half or six million dollars. He's motivated to finish the season uh, to get that next payday. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not really worried. He's made it this far. I mean, you know, any receiver can get injured at any given point. I, I don't think he's any more susceptible than any other guy. Well, fair enough. We we'll keep this rolling. Next game: Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay making the quarterback change this week. Back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the quarterback who started the season for them. Uh, Carolina at home this week, obviously favorites in this game. What to expect from Tampa Bay now that it seems that they have Fitzpatrick back in there? Possibly a little bit more offense, hopefully jumpstart what they've been doing in recent weeks here under Jameis Winston. Yeah, not a whole lot changes for this team. Um, There's a slight upgrade to Deshaun Jackson with that deep ball connection, um, and clearly you're just hoping for less turnovers. Uh, But it's really, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, you know, are kind of the same guy. They're they're slingers, both turn the ball over. You know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick's trying to pretend like he's not a gunslinger that turns the ball over, I mean, like, that's who his whole entire career, that's, that's who he's been on the five different teams he's played for. Um, Carolina, Carolina's defense is pretty good. Uh, particularly the, the the best part of their their defense is you know along the linebacking core. I think that does hurt OJ Howard, Cameron Brate, those guys a little bit. Um, but you know in the secondary, you know safety wise, James Bradbury, uh, excuse me, at corner James Bradbury is going to have his hands full with Mike Evans and those guys. Um, Deshaun Jackson going deep. You know underneath they're going to have to deal with Godwin. Uh, Eric Reed and the safeties, you know, work in the middle of the field. You know, they're going to be covering the tight ends as well. I think Deshaun Jackson is a really good mat, a really good play this week. Uh, Carolina is a little bit, you know, weak at covering the deep ball. You know, Godwin in the intermediate plays, he should see a few targets. Uh, Evans, you, you know, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, he's been getting a ton of targets. Um, they're not going to run the ball well at all. Peyton Barber's just not very good. Rojo is out for the next three to four weeks. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers is the other guy there. He'll probably get a decent amount, a decent amount of play. You know, I expect this team to be trailing, but it's going to be, you know, an interesting game. The line right now is at 55. I think that's about right. You know, both these teams are going to score. Now we talk about Carolina's offense. Cam's been red hot and he's got new weapons of DJ Moore, who they're really force feeding the ball. Looks like Torrey Smith's going to be out. Um, they're committed to McCaffrey, you know, catching and running the ball a ton. He barely comes off the field. And Devin Funches, although had a little bit of a down week last week, on that McCaffrey, you know, ridiculous, miraculous play where he scored a touchdown on that pass catch, that was intended for Devin Funches in the red zone. Uh, so one down week, I'm not worried. Funches is still, you know, an up player in my eyes. I like the matchup. I think the biggest beneficiary to the switch of quarterback to Fitzpatrick is Chris Godwin on offense for the Bucks. Godwin was most productive under Fitzpatrick earlier in the season. I think his 
his production kind of did tail off with Woodson. I think that's where you saw the biggest difference in the offense. The style of the play, yes, the same. But in terms of who were the beneficiaries of the results of the offense, it wasn't Godwin. So I think Godwin, uh, Godwin owners should be happy about that moving forward. Yeah, and one other player for Carolina, Greg Olson. You really like the matchup in the middle of the field against Tampa Bay. They don't have good safeties. No. They don't. They stink. I'm going to keep this moving. The next game is the New York Jet-Miami Dolphin game. Last week, week eight, Miami Dolphins more or less got their asses handed to them by the Houston Texans. It gave up 42 points, and Osweiler was played pretty poorly behind the dish there for Miami. Seems like everybody that they put out a quarterback in Miami doesn't play very well. I believe, Craig, that this is a game the Jets can go in there and steal down in Florida and uh, come out with a W here. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, obviously these are two very not very good teams, but right now, you know, Miami, you know, being at home, they have three point favorites right here right now. Um, Jets are three point dogs on the road. I, I think they can go in and snag it. I think you're right. Uh, they've had a they have a ton of injuries at wide receiver as well. Uh, it doesn't appear like Robbie Anderson's going to play this week or Quincy Anuma, uh, but they do have you know Curse, um, a couple of other guys that they brought in, Rashard Matthews. Yeah. Um, they right. need to establish the run. We saw a lot of run last week from uh, Big Fadden. Um, they need to get Crowell established early and often. It appears like Elijah McGuire may come back this week. They still haven't activated him yet, though. No, uh, so that's just something to monitor. Uh, but Chris Herndon's been involved at tight end. He had another touchdown last week, even though it was his only catch, still scored. That's true. It's nice that to say. Yep. At a weak tight end position, it's definitely important. You know, if you're a Jets fan, you know, you know this team's not going far. You just want to see Sam Darnold continue to make progressions week in and week out. The last couple of weeks, they've had two losses, and we haven't seen that. Miami really is not a good defense. They yeah. have one good corner. That's kind of about it. The safeties are just okay. The linebackers are below average. This is the type of game where you, know, you want to see Sam Darnold make progressions. You want to see him hitting all of his receivers. You particularly want to see him testing at the ball deep. They don't really have a deep wide receiver right now uh, with some of the injuries that they're dealing with. But you want to see him actually throw the ball downfield, stretch the defense a little bit. You're hoping that he can perform a little bit better. And I agree. Miami stinks. Brock Osweiler stinks. Yeah. Uh, their offense, we saw Kenyon Drake have two touchdowns last week. Yeah. You're hoping that you'll see them continue to feed him a little bit more, give less and less to Frank Gore. Uh, Devontae were... Parker last week. Yeah. Yeah, Devontae Parker last week was, you know, he blew up, you know, in a, in a blowout loss. He showed uh, up. He's, he's yeah. going to get Tremaine Johnson this week. He appears to be coming back for the Jets, you know, a lockdown corner. They're still banged up uh, at that wide receiver core, though. I think they got to be looking at him most of this game, regardless of yeah, Tremaine Johnson's like presence. Kenny Stills yeah. tried to give a limited go yesterday, but it looked like he was out today. Yeah. I don't think he'll be playing this week. Jakeem Graham's limited in what he could do on offense. Yeah, Gasecki. I mean, these players—they stink. You'll probably see Kenyon Drake involved in the passing offense again. Uh, You probably see that means Frank Gore split the time behind in the rushing because of that reason, and you're just gonna get the same old shit you're gonna get from Miami. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's this is not a pretty game, but you know, Jets fans—you just want to see minor. You want to see them commit to the run with Crowell, and you want to see Sam Darnold progress. You want to see him testing the, the you know the deep ball a little bit. Yeah, that's all you want to see. I mean, the season's yeah. already lost. This would be a big win for Darnold and, and for his confidence here as a rookie quarterback. Uh, nice away win uh, in division. Next game, Atlanta Falcons, Washington Redskins. This should be a, a good game in my opinion. Uh, Atlanta yeah, Falcons so looking at yeah they're looking to, to take control there of that division and and you know what so is Washington. Um, Washington I believe is five and two now after a win last week against the Giants, Craig. Yeah, the Redskins are on a three-game win streak. They are ahead of the NFC East. Atlanta is at three and four, but they are on a two-game win streak, also coming yeah. off a bye week. Um, they're healthy right now, outside of obviously Devonta Freeman being on the IR. Uh, they're ready to go. They have a lot of firepower, wide receiver. You know, one thing with Matt Ryan, he doesn't particularly play the best on the road. That definitely is a slight downgrade. And Washington defense has been really good and particularly at the, along the defensive line at stopping the run if you're playing you know Ito Smith Tevin Coleman you better hope that they're having production out of catching the ball out of the backfield because I don't think they're going to be running the ball particularly well uh, in this matchup 
But I do like the the matchup overall for Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, uh, even Calvin Ridley. You know, I think those guys can produce, and I think Austin Hooper. He's a legitimate tight end one, you know, a back end tight end one. But as tight end is really bleak right now, Austin Hooper is somebody you should be playing in, you know, twelve and fourteen team leagues. I, I think he he's an actual player. Uh, he's definitely progressed this season. You really got to like what you've been seeing from Adrian Peterson, Craig, because now at this point, it's, you're halfway through the season, and he's still out there basically giving you workhorse numbers as running back here. Wild stuff. Yeah. He is a featured running back for them, and Easy. in particular in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we we're actually seeing you know Jordan Reed kind of like useless, to be honest. Jordan Reed saw something like 10 or 11 targets last week, had like seven catches for like 35 yards. Yeah, No targets in the red zone, not one. This team gets into the red zone, and they just feed the beast. They are not, they are not passing the ball. Um, it, I'm worried. I'm worried because Adrian Pete, we already know he's banged up. He's got shoulder you know, issues. He's about 33 years old. I, can he last? I don't think he can. I mean, not the way that they're using him. Chris Thompson's gotten some limited practices in this week. He may give it a go this week. I think that would definitely help. Incorporate another running back. You know, They also have Capri Bibbs as well. Uh, but, you know, Peterson, you're going to ride him out. Nobody expected him to be doing what he's doing. You have him, you're playing him, and you know I would expect him to continue to perform until he gets hurt. Uh, passing game-wise, it looks like Jameson Crowder is going to be out again. Uh, the only receiver that I can recommend starting is maybe Paul Richardson on this team. Uh, but even he's dealing with knee injuries. It's kind of it's shaky. Alex Smith has been just okay in fantasy this season because he's not really airing the ball out. And like I said, in the red zone, the touchdowns are just not there. Yeah, the play calling is just very, very conservative, and it's just what they're doing. Um, but they're winning. Yeah, and, and that's why they're going to keep, I, in my opinion, keep this trend. I think that they're going to feed Peterson early and often in this game, and they're going to rely on him heavy to win the game. They're not going to try to force things. I know that Atlanta's banged up on defense, but I, I and still, in my opinion, they're going to be uh, low risk and. And they're going to try to try to run themselves to victory. I don't. I'm mean, listen. They're at home, so I don't blame them. Next game, last one o'clock game: Chicago Bears, Buffalo Bills. I mean, on paper here, it looks like Chicago's going to go in there and really uh, take care of Buffalo. I believe they have Peterman now as the starting quarterback this week. So, good luck, Nathan. Yeah, for Chicago's defense, Cleo Mack is questionable. We're not sure if he's going to play. I wouldn't expect them to force him out there, you know, given you know what the matchup should look like. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson's also banged up, has not practiced this week. It does not appear like he'll be playing this weekend either. This is going to be a really boring game. It, it's, <laughs> there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, the line, oh my God, the line right now, 37 and a half points. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Chicago's a, Chicago's a ten point favorite. Like, it goes to show you what Vegas thinks of Buffalo. Oh my god! <laughs> and they're at home. A ten point favorite, but a thirty-seven and a half. <laughs> oh my! I don't think I've ever ever seen that in my point. life. Yeah, I don't even think the Browns lines were that bad last year. I don't recall s- stuff like this. Yeah, unless um, they were playing like the Pats. From a fantasy perspective. Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard. Tariq Cohen's look good. He's been very productive in the passing offense last few weeks. With Allen Robinson banged up, I highly suggest you start Tariq Cohen with confidence. Me and you both like Taylor Gabriel in this offense, yeah, especially Taylor with Aaron Gabriel and, and Trey Burton in the passing attack. Yeah. You know, are the guys I would like in this matchup. I will say that Tredavious White has been really, really good. The the number one corner for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills defense is actually really good. You know, as a, as a unit, um, yeah. we saw that on against my, on Monday night against the New England Patriots. You know, they held them for most of that game. It was you know a pretty close game for the majority of it. This is a good defense. Yeah, uh, that rookie so, Tremaine Edmonds, the kid's a stud, Craig, linebacker. Yeah, he, he's, he's a, all over the place. He's a freak. Um, he, he's so he got fast, ran though. over. He got he yeah. got knocked up. You know, last on Monday, and he's had a concussion that he's dealing with. But he did practice today. Yeah, it, I would expect, you know, script-wise, they're going to be winning this game. You see a lot of Jordan Howard in the second half, grinding the clock, that type of thing. But Buffalo's got a pretty good defensive line, so not great. I'm not loving it, and I'm not loving it, you know, for Trubisky. You know, I'm just, it's not great. Yeah. You know, Trey Burton's probably the, the 
player I'm most excited, you know, in this particular matchup. Uh, on the flip side of the ball for Buffalo, Shady, Chris Ivory. Shady didn't no. even produce for you last week. Yeah, this is it's, it's bad. Bad. Don't start anyone in Buffalo. Keep this you can, like, Let's keep this moving. Let's keep this moving. They can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next. It's awful. First four o'clock game. It's super interesting game here. We got the Houston Texan Denver Bronco game. This game's in Denver. Keep in mind, Demarius Thomas traded to the Houston Texans earlier in the week. Instant revenge here for Demarius Craig. Doesn't even have to leave. Could stay where he is. Show up to work. His own bed. Yep. I can't wait. I think he's gonna. I, Listen, I would. I, I feel more confident now starting him in fantasy than I did last week or the week before, like any week that he was in Denver. I'll, I will. I agree. With you. I will say this: his stock is either flat or it's up. This is not a downtrending. You know, people were. I, I saw a few people say like, "Oh, this hurts him." Like, like this How? definitely does. Playing with Deshaun Watson and no Fuller, thirty times a game without Fuller, like. I'm not scared of Kiki Cootie. I don't. I'm not this isn't scaring me. No. Um, you know, if anything, you know his his stock stays the same or it goes up. Up in my opinion, um, there's definitely going to be game script. You know, because this game is in Denver. I think Denver will be able to move the ball. Uh, I think this game. You know, right now the line's at 46. I expect this to go over. This is one of those the overs that I would take. You know, I think you're looking at a game that could easily be a 35-24 type of matchup. I, I think Houston's going to score in this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not loving, you know, Lamar Miller, uh, Alfred Blue. You know, the, I don't think the rushing attack is going to be high. I think Watson's going to be throwing the ball. You know, obviously, New Hopkins is going to do his thing. Cutie's going to be playing. Marius Thomas is going to be out there. And like you said, you know, the revenge thing, you know, there's definitely something to it. They're going to want to um, feed him the ball. Yeah, they're going to want him to do well. And at the very least... Um, he's comfortable playing in that atmosphere. And obviously Denver's a little bit different for a lot of different players, but he's used to it. So why not? If you have him, you're probably going to have to play him. Uh, flip side of the ball for Denver, this is a huge upgrade for Cortland Sutton oh, and yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. This this team does not really go after the tight end very much. No, not They don't throw the running backs point. a whole lot either. Uh, this, is, this is a huge upgrade. You went from having three legitimate receivers that you go to to having only two and then I would assume this is a small step up for Deshaun Hamilton who should be the new slot receiver for this team uh, a rookie out of Penn State fourth round pick uh, a nice player but you know for Sutton I have a huge arrow going up I, I think le- he's legitimately a back end wide receiver two wide receiver three rest of season I think his, his arrows are going straight up um, somebody that you can see some, do some really big things, and particularly in the red zone, you know, touchdown-wise. The numbers are definitely going to be there the rest of the season. They were already looking at him in the red zone when they had Demarius here, and I think it's going to be tough for them to do much more with Sanders. Sanders was producing at a very high level so far this season. It's going to be tough for him to take on that much more of a workload. He's not a big guy, keep in mind. He's never really been a number one receiver, Sanders, so... These are things to take into consideration when trying to weigh what kind of impact you're going to get from Sutton moving forward. I do like this matchup for Philip Lindsay. I think you can keep rolling him out on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but I got nothing else to add here for this matchup, Craig, so I'm going to keep it moving to the L.A. Charger-Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, L.A. Chargers playing well. Seattle has of late as well. Uh, mentioned earlier in the episode, beat... Detroit by two scores last week. Take me into L.A., Philip Rivers and company, Craig. What to expect this week on the road? Coming off a of bye week, it's really important if we can get Melvin Gordon going this week. Limited in practice. You know, if he is playing, you must. He's a must play. And Melvin Gordon is one of, you know, one of the top five backs this season. Mm-hmm. Um the entire rushing attack for this Chargers game has been very effective, and they both, the, both him and Eckler have been catching the ball really well out of the backfield as well, scoring touchdowns. Uh, yeah. They don't have a huge tight end presence. You know, Antonio Gates is there, but he's not doing a whole lot. We have not seen a whole lot of Keenan Allen in terms of catching touchdowns, and we've seen frustration from him in weeks past, you know, before the bye week. I love this matchup for Keenan Allen. You know, Seattle is not particularly good in the secondary and they are not good in the nickel position. If you're if you have Keenan Allen running out of the slot, 
I think the matchup is perfect for him to really score a few touchdowns this week. Um, the other wide receivers, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, they've been up and they've been down. It's hard to guess who it's going to be week in and week out. I, I confidently can't play either of those guys, but I do think Phillip Rivers has a nice game. Um, for Seattle, flip side of the ball, Chris Carson, really nice game last week, another 100-yard performance, was downgraded today in practice on yeah. Thursday. Huge scare. We talked about this in the earlier. Anytime someone's downgraded, you're worried right away. It was groin limited in practice. Friday's practice is very important to see you know what happens here, especially because they have a similar talent in Mike Davis, not as quick, more of a bulldozer. They also have that first-round pick, Rashad Penny, who has not been getting any offensive carries. You know, if if we don't see practicing on Friday for Carson, I don't know if he's going to play. That would be, a, you know, a huge concern. Uh, in the passing attack, Russell Wilson, although he's been limited in the number of attempts he's making week in and week out, the last couple of weeks we've seen him have, you know, multiple touchdowns. Uh, interesting with David Moore, you know, what Tyler Lockett's been doing. Uh, Doug Baldwin has not been scoring, you know, touchdowns. You know, I don't know really what to make of this rest of season. Tyler Lockett cannot sustain the touchdown performance that he's had on 400 receiving yards and six touchdowns. It's not sustainable. David Moore as well, catching you know four passes and having multiple touchdowns. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the guy there. If I had my preference, I would go with the older guy in Doug Baldwin. I know he's not 100%, but if I had to have one of those three guys the rest of the season, I would still go with Doug Baldwin. What do you think? So, Baldwin scares me, Craig. Baldwin's nursing a knee injury. He missed the first couple games of the season because of a knee injury, and he didn't come back 100%. When a guy that, I believe he is already 30, if not, he's super close to it, is at that age, and he's already lost a step to me, and he has that kind of knee trouble, and, and you know he's not 100%, and he's he's questionable to be playing these games, and I'm very, very unconfident in that. I understand your skepticism with Lockett based on past performance and him not really seeing too much of a, a high-volume target share. and just, They're just really not throwing the ball too much in general. But he's been pretty consistent based on the point-per-game breakdown. He kind of does hover in at that 10-12 point-per-game in PPR week in and week out. So he is a little bit more reliable than kind of what meets the eye here, Craig, in my opinion. I agree with you. I can agree with that. Um, I think this is going to be one of those better football games overall. Um, you're talking about a five and two Chargers team, a four and three um, Seattle team, but the Chargers are on a four game win streak. Seattle's on a two game win streak. Arrows pointing up for both of these teams. Yeah. Both are fighting for playoff contention. You know, it's going to be a, just a fun football game to watch. Let's keep this moving. Next football game. In my opinion, it may even be a more fun game than the Chargers-Seahawks game. Is this L.A. Ram-New Orleans Saints game. L.A. Rams absolutely rolling, but then again, so with the New Orleans Saints, Craig, somebody's got to lose this week. Someone's got to lose, and the Rams, who are 8-0, are obviously on an eight-game win streak. The New Orleans Saints are on a six-game win streak at 6-1. and one. Somebody's got to lose. Yep. And I think the Saints, the Saints are the team to beat the Rams. I think they're the team. They're more balanced. Um, starting with the Rams offense, Cooper Cup is returning this week. Um, all, all signs are pointing him to playing. But Josh Reynolds coming off a two-touchdown week last week. You know, I think they have to work in all four of these receivers at this point. I don't think you can just you know turn away from Reynolds. You know, Don't you think they ease back in Cooper Cup? I do. I, I was curious as if he was going to play this week. I felt that it was going to be more of a, a Cooks and Woods show again. And, and I think they were really picking up the slack. I didn't think that they was, I mean, obviously a little bit noticeable because they weren't getting out to the leads that early. But I understand that if they want to return him, this game is probably the biggest game on the schedule for the rest of the season. I mean, Todd Gurley's going to eat. Of course. He always does. Um but this is going to be a high-scoring game, and you know the Rams are going to move the ball around you know, plenty. Yeah, I think this is a highest over-under on the week. 59.5 is by far, yeah. I mean, I might be smashed the over on this one. It's in the Dome. 
Breeze is unreal at home. I don't know if this Rams defense is going to slow him down at all. I, listen, yeah. Kamara came down with an illness today in practice. He That's – give him right. an IV. He'll be fine. I hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. But I, I do think this is going to be a high-scoring aerial attack for both teams. Um, There's nobody not to start here in my opinion. Yeah, I would go as far to say that if you're on a team that doesn't have a particularly good tight end, even like yeah. Ben Watson, yeah, like I, I, I would try, you know, especially Traquan Smith. I know people were really down on him last week because his performance, but you know, Drew Brees had like 120 passing yards last week. They, they, the, the game against Minnesota was, you know, they had it, you know, in contention. I think Traquan Smith can be a great play this week. I know he hasn't performed last week, but he's kind of like. DFS, very cheap DFS play. Waiver wire, like he's a sneaky play all around in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I really like him. It's a good call. Sunday night game, Green Bay, New England. We are absolutely loaded from four o'clock on with these matchups, Craig. Um, between the the Chargers, Seahawks, Rams, Saints, and now Packers, Patriots. This is gonna be an awesome Sunday night matchup. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean. You're going to have the four clocks, all high-scoring matchups, yeah. and then you're going right into Aaron Rodgers, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. I mean, that's that's pretty fantastic. So um, this game is in New England, obviously. Green Bay's 3-3-1, three, three, and, and one, right? And New yep. England, 6-2 and two on a five-game win streak. And they're just getting it done. I mean... This is a this is this is a game that like Green Bay needs to win. Like this is a huge game for them. If they can go into New England and win and be four three and one, they're going to be feeling way better about themselves and being three four and one going to the second half of the season. I personally don't yeah. see it after that. Well, you know, don't turn the ball over, and and they'll definitely have a chance. I mean, they could have definitely had that Rams game. You know, in, in L.A., they could have had it, but. Ty Montgomery is going to Ty Montgomery, and then boom, you're traded. They solved that Ty Montgomery problem. Yeah, you got to love Aaron <laughs> Jones. Rest of season, this is a huge upgrade for him. Yeah. And, and although like Jamal Williams is not a sexy player by any means, yeah. Uh, the fact that Ty's gone, Jamal Williams is going to be that third down pass catching back. They like the way that he pass protects. He gets an upgrade as well, just from like the pass catching perspective. You know, if they're trailing points, um, so I don't love Jamal Williams, but they both get you know thumbs up, you know, upgrade arrows pointing up. Aaron Jones should feast rest of season. From the passing attack, Devontae Adams, he's a stud, week in and week out. The rest of the guys, though, it's kind of muddy. You know, Randall Cobb, meh, but you know, yeah, and then MBS, and he's nursing, he's nursing the hamstring too. Yeah, MVS has been a stud, scored a touchdown last week. He has looked good. Every once in a while, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, you know, th- does a thing or two. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. And we know that there's issues with New England and their linebacking core. This could easily be a Jimmy Graham game. Uh, we saw last week a touchdown robbed from him um, that ended up going to, you know, be a, a rushing touchdown um, last week. But, you know, this could easily be a Jimmy Graham matchup. Now, flip side of the ball here for New England. Are you at all worried with Rob Gronkowski, the way he's looked on the field, his production you've been getting the last couple weeks? Um, you know, I know you. if you follow most of the guys we follow on Twitter, there's a lot of rumors about him possibly retiring at the end of the season. What, what kind of outlook are you going to have for this guy going forward? There's going to be a lot of big-time games here for the Patriots down the stretch, and they need him healthy, and they need him... They need him good, they need him right, and they need him productive, and you're not getting that right now from him. The funny thing is, is just we're so used to him being so dominant yeah. and scoring touchdowns. He's been you know, a top-five tight end this season in, in receptions and yardage. I mean, the, the uh, position is an absolute dumpster fire, though, too. Right. It's like being the tallest mountain in Kansas. So I think we're all being a little greedy, and I, I know I'm, for one, I have Gronk, like, everywhere. I, I really overdrafted him. I just... I thought that the way the suspension for Edelman and everybody worked on early in the season, I thought he'd be red hot. And to your question, yes, he is not. He does not look like the same player. He look. You watch him go down and then get back up. It, it's like a struggle for him. And you he's, actually he's in see pain. him. 
on a lot of passing plays where he has to block, a lot of times tight ends block, get their guy off, and then they'll go and run into a flat or something for like a dump off. Right. He struggles to even do that. Yeah. He struggles to move. Um, he, he, he must be in a lot of pain. He, I'm it, concerned it about him. As someone that owns him almost everywhere, yeah. it's it's a legitimate worry. And I'm watching Raheem Mostert just score a touch. God damn the Rangers. Break up the Niners. Break up the 31 Niners. 31 to 3. Holy shit. There's a lot of football left. Yeah, this team gave up on Gruden for sure. Like, if you're going to put out this kind of performance – uh, against a, I mean, against a kid in his first ever game. Like this is basically a home game for the Raiders too. Like they're not far away. Like come on, man. This is twenty-one more minutes of football, and they, I mean, like you said, this is not. They they drove yeah. from home to this game. Like, yeah. They had to travel. Half their fans like, got to be filling the seats because there there was nobody there to start the game. And this is a team coming off a bye. The Raiders were, went yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. They were over in London. They got their car. Like what? There's just no offensive game plan. They're going three and out, three and out, three and out. Like the, the literally, I tweeted it out before. I was like, I you want to beat the 49ers? Test the left side of the field away from Richard Sherman deep. You know, I'm a huge Killer Weatherspoon fan, but he's not been particularly good this season. Like got Martavis Bryant. Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook. Test the left side of the field deep. Derek Carr hasn't thrown the goddamn ball more than five yards in this goddamn game. This team is terrible. Derek Carr is broken. His ass should be cut. Where's all the spider to Y banana? That's what I want to know. They fucking slip it on the banana. <laughs> they stink. Stink. They, they're not creative at all. Gruden is a goddamn joke. For all the great matchups that we have for 4 o'clock on... We have we don't have a fantastic one Monday night, but it is what it is. It's the Tennessee Titans Dallas Cowboys here on ESPN. The Titans aren't particularly sexy. You don't get really much out of them. Marcus Mariota is pretty limited in what he's doing on offense. Corey Davis is limited due to injury. Uh, Derrick Henry is more or less a useless football player for fantasy purposes. Uh, Dallas is starting to look good, and they're coming off their own bye week, I believe, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Both teams are, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have Amari Cooper now, so that's going to be fun to see how he is integrated into this offense. But other than that, I don't know why else I'm watching this game. So Dallas is at home, and they're 3-0 and at home. I think that definitely says something. Uh, um People are up and down on Amari Cooper. He's still 24 years old. We've seen great things from him, and yeah. we've seen the bad. It's a 2,000-yard season, Craig. He's 24 years old. It's outrageous that people think he's not good. Right. And, you know, Dallas is not particularly known for, you know, passing the ball. Right. But this is definitely, at the very least, going to be a benefit for Ezekiel Elliott. They have to respect Amari Cooper. You can't leave him one-on-one deep down the field. That, that That's for sure. Um, you have a legitimate slot receiver of Cole Beasley. You have an up-and-coming player in Michael Gallup. Yeah, the three of this them is starting is to feel a nice. A board. better offense than it was two weeks ago. There's no doubt about that. Whether you like Dax, Dak Prescott, whether you don't, in my eyes, there's definitely some you know question marks still. I'm, I'm not in love with Dak Prescott, but it's definitely a better team than it was two weeks ago, and I'll say that they made a change on the offensive line as well. Whatever with the coaches. I'm not so worried about it. Yeah. But, you know, they're coming off a bye. A fresh Ezekiel Elliott. You definitely like matchup against Tennessee. Um, I think that they're going to have to test the ball. If I'm if I'm the offensive coordinator and or Jason Garrett calling the plays, you got to test Amari Cooper deep early in this game. you got to open things up for Zeke in the middle of the field. I think they're probably going to come out. They're going to test Amari Cooper early. Uh, that's what I would do. Listen, he's the, he's the new toy. Like they want, they're going to want to play with him. So they're going to want to see what he can do. They're going to want to see how he's going to be able to stretch the field. And I think you you alluded to a bigger point. They're going to want to see the kind of effect that he's going to have on Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to want to see the box not be loaded with seven eight guys in there stopping Zeke because they know for a fact that they're going to run the ball. So hopefully Cooper's presence is going to alleviate some of that. Just some of those stacked boxes up in the middle for him. Anything for Tennessee, though? What's what's the key to getting their offense going? It's, 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 it's so of, it's, bland. You, you, 
you hope that Mariota is healthy. You hope that he can, you know, find Corey Davis. Um, Deion Lewis has played well the last couple of weeks, so you know he definitely gets the you know the leg up in this matchup. You alluded to like Derrick Henry, like you don't know what you have anymore. I don't know where this team is. The offensive line has not been healthy or good this season. I'm not cutting Derrick Henry if I own him, but I'm definitely benching him and waiting to see. I, yeah, you can't cut him. Yeah. You can't because the way you drafted him, most people took him at least in the fourth round. Yeah, it, it's and like he was he was not taken anywhere from round five or later. It was it was five four and three is where you took Derrick Henry. You cannot cut him at this point. It's only halfway through the season. You haven't even gotten the colder months yet. From a, a perspective of Corey Davis owners, I have him a couple leagues. I would definitely play him in this matchup. You just have to assume he's going to see a lot of targets. Um, this team you know, you would pretty much so, vacated yeah. the tight end position. Jonu Smith is just he not a thing. Yeah, he hasn't caught on at all. Um, so you, know, you have to assume Davis is going to see at least plenty of targets. And because he's so athletic, and you know, you'll take it. A player that's getting 10, 8 to 10 targets, you'll take it. Totally agree. That wrap, listen, that wraps it up for us. I got nothing else to add here on these matchups. We're going to take DFS real we'll, quick. We'll take into DFS. You also want to talk about the dynasty trades. We had two of them today. One just went through, one earlier. A couple wide receivers were traded earlier. We'll touch on that after DFS. I'll kick us off with the quarterbacks. The ones that we like, Craig did a lot of this work earlier on. We really like Cam Newton this week at 8,600. Cam's at home this week. Big time matchup. Buccaneer secondary is pretty garbage. This is a, a I think it's a fifty five point over under right now. You'd slam a lot of cam in your daily daily lineups this week. Another one with a great matchup: Drew Brees. Rams a relatively tough defense, but Brees at home. This team is absolutely rolling. Um, Chasing points. He's pretty much cam. Yeah, this over under also is it's a fifty nine and a half over under. If you're playing quarterbacks from that kind of matchup, you're doing pretty good. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 7,800. Also, uh, pretty decent matchup here against Baltimore. So, uh, expect them to keep rolling. I believe that you mentioned earlier they won three in a row. Uh, Ben's not great on the road, but this is a good spot for him this week. And he is a little bit cheaper than these other guys if you want to save a few dollars. Fitzmagic back at the helm for the Buccaneers. Um, we just touched earlier that it's a high over-under. That game against Carolina, 55 points. Uh, Fitzpatrick looked great other than probably a game and a half that he played before he got pulled. So, um, listen, for $7,100, he's a, he's a pretty good match. A uh, pretty good pick there, Craig. Yeah, I agree with you. At 7100 it's kind of hard to get away from that, yeah. knowing he has all those offensive weapons. At yeah. the running back position, you know, Todd Gurley is now $11,200. I'm going to keep playing I, him. I don't. I, what, what about you? I don't care. He's approached the area where... It makes it very difficult to like roster, you know, defenses, and you know, if you're gonna pay up for that running back, you have to go so much cheaper everywhere else. I think he's approached the territory, you know, in particular in this matchup where I could see you know a lot of passing. That I, I think I'm gonna give pass up on this week. I think this is the one week I don't use Todd Gurley. Uh, Cream Hunt, 8,500. We talked about this game in Cleveland. I like this matchup for him, and he's been hot the last two weeks. James Conner at $8,000. Maybe this isn't the last week we can use him. We don't know. Um, but I like the matchup against Baltimore for him, You know, in particular catching passes and things like that. He has not been stopped you know, week in and week out this season. He's been consistent. Um, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey at 7900 this week. He doesn't come off the field. Yeah. And Tampa Bay's defense is just absolutely abysmal. Uh, whether it's running the ball, catching passes at 7900 he's a great play. Kenyon Drake is 6,900 this week. We are starting to see him go get a little bit hotter. He had two touchdowns last week. Uh, Nick Chubb, 6,600. I really like him in this matchup. Chris Carson, 6,500. As, as long as he plays, you want to mo- monitor Friday's practice um, participation. Kerryon Johnson at 6,400. Yeah. I like it if Theoretic does not play. Right. If Theoretic plays, kind of he loses some of that lust. Uh, and the cheap play, Isaiah Crowell, 5,700 down in Miami. I don't think you can get, find a starting running back for that cheap. No. Um, so, you know, he's kind of just a desperation play, but, you know, he might get you a couple touchdowns. 
totally agree. I'm going to take us into the wide receivers here. Uh, a couple of the ones, obviously, are just, if you pair them with the quarterbacks that we highlighted earlier, probably going to have some big weeks here. Michael Thomas at 6,800 if you pair him with Drew Brees. And Mike Evans, 7,900 if you pair him with Fitzmagic. These guys have great matchups. Generally, these quarterback wide receiver one stacks generally end up in, in cashing in a lot of these lineups. Uh, good idea this week here in week nine uh, with those two fellas. Keenan Allen, we talked earlier. Craig highlighted this is a great matchup for Keenan against Seattle. The very, very weak nickel cornerback play from that defense this season. So expect Keenan Allen really to eat this week. Manuel Sanders now without Demarius Thomas. They're going up against Houston this week. They are at home. Sanders has really played at a very high level so far this season. Expect him to keep that up moving forward. Jarvis Landry at 6,600. Now, Jarvis a wide receiver one on this team, and he's probably the cheapest one out of all these players. And for that kind of price, um, with Baker at the realm, uh, at home, Kansas City secondary is pretty poor. It's a 51.5 over-under. you got to expect that Landry's going to really produce in a big way for you this week. Marvin Jones now with the absence of Golden Tate, probably going to see uh, a step up in production. So either him at 6,500, or I could also make the same argument for Kenny Galladay at 6,200. Either one of them, whichever one you like, I think will have a, I think both of them will have a jump in their stats. So whichever one you prefer, whichever one fits price-wise for you. Um, and relatively speaking with Sanders, also Cortland Sutton at 5,500. Um, you can make the same argument with Sanders where Sutton will see an increase of targets because of Demarius Thomas leaving. So Sutton at 5,500, very cheap option and a, a big red zone uh, presence for Case Keenum and this Denver Bronco offense, Craig. And real quick to the tight ends, there's not a lot of sexy plays here. Travis Kelsey at 7,600. He's the high-priced play, but obviously very good, and we like him in his Cleveland matchup. Greg Olson at 6,200 is someone I really like. I think I'm going to be seeing a lot of him in my lineups. Also, with Burton at 6,100, if Allen Robinson's out, I see myself using him a good amount as well. Cheaper play, Jordan Reed has not looked good this season, but a lot of targets last week, and you have to assume at some point, the red zone to ha- uh, presence will happen. So 5,600, if you need to go cheap at tight end, he's the guy I would go with just because of the targets. You want to touch on these trades here? I believe the first one from earlier this afternoon was a dynasty trade. Uh, so anybody interested in these in the dynasty aspect of fantasy football, me and Craig are in a dynasty league here with uh, with 12 others, just 14 of us. Uh, two teams made a trade today. It was Brandon Cooks and a third-round rookie pick in next year's draft for Sammy Watkins and a second-round pick in next year's rookie draft. So a little bit more production from Cooks, a little bit more consistency from Watkins, but um, making up for it in draft pick uh, capital. Craig, what are your feelings about that one? Knowing that um, Sammy Watkins is going to be in Kansas City for three years and Tyreek Hill being there, um, I'm a little more excited with the Brandon Cook side. You know, a guy that we've seen have, you know, consistent thousand yard seasons on multiple teams, less of an injury history. Yeah. In my opinion, is the number one receiver on that team, where Sammy Watkins kind of plays second and third fiddle, you know, with Kelsey and Hill. Um, I, I think this is a win for the Cook side. But that's that's where I would go. I can't understand how the uh, original Cooks owner would have been a just a little uneasy knowing that he's been on three teams in three years and not knowing where he's going to be next. And he was inconsistent at some points, um, especially with the Pats. But I do think that he really has found a permanent home in L.A. I think they really like him. They signed him to an extension. Like you said, they really have made him an integral part of this offense, and that's why I think he'll be there for a long while moving forward as well, Sammy and KC. Second one I just approved a few minutes ago. I uh, wanted to get your take on it because, obviously, I'm one of the teams in it. I moved Alex Collins and David Njoku to Team Joseph. Joseph trades on Johnson my way, two for one. No picks involved, straight players, three-way deal. I mean, if I made the trade, you know I, I like the trade. I want to know what you have to say about it. Think, I think you just robbed you committed robbery from Joseph. I'm a huge carry on Johnson fan. Huge and huge, 
huge fan of Carryon Johnson. And uh, the offensive line for the Detroit is legitimate. They just lost one of their best wide receiver threats. You have to assume the running backs are going to you know continue to get more work. Um, Theoretic's going to be a free agent after the season. You know, Carryon's the future in a dynasty format. Gotta love him. Alex Collins stinks. Can't hold on to the football. Uh, David Njoku, I really like as a player as well, and I yeah. think in years in the you know in years future he will probably end up being a top you know five to ten type yeah. tight, tight end. He's got the goods. He's really young. He's only twenty two. Like he's the legitimate you know he's the he's real legit. deal. But, uh, yeah, I know it hurts to lose him, but, but I uh, I really like Harry on as well, so that's why I pulled the yeah, trigger. Yeah, I mean I think you I think you stole this one. I, I think Alex Collins stinks. Appreciate it. Jury's still out on this one. We do have eight games left to play, and I do need to go ahead and win the league first for this to matter, or else, eh, what do you do? Anyways, I appreciate the good review on the trade. Um, do you have anything you want to tell the listeners before we go ahead and wrap it up here on this one? Yeah, real quick, um, in a 16-team league, I want your opinion on a trade yeah. I wasn't involved in, but I had some, it's kind of kind of goes along the lines of a trade we were talking about earlier. Okay. So somebody gave up Doug Martin and Cortland Sutton in a 16-team league, half-point PPL. Was this after Demarius was traded? or? Yes, this is just today. Okay. Someone traded Cortland Sutton and Doug Martin to acquire Cooper Cup in a 16-team league, half-point PPR. Wow. So we obviously know what Doug Martin is. He's right, we know what he is, but he... But, great. But players like Doug Martin, the, the the more you stretch it out, the more it becomes 14, 16, 18 teams. Players like that mean a lot more because there's so little depth at, at positions, especially like the running back position. And the guys, if he's going to get 14, 15 carries, Craig, I mean, obviously not tonight when they're getting their little asses handed to them. But in general, I like Cortland Sutton, Craig, but he's no Cooper Cup. I'm see. I sided with the the Cortland Sutton trade side. I'm like really excited about what Cortland Sutton can I, do. Me too. But I, I, we know that there's no other quarterback that's going to play in Denver this season. Case Keenum is a gunslinger. This team is going to trail points. And from a touchdown perspective, I think Cortland Sutton you know can score you know six touchdowns down the stretch. I'm worried about Cooper Cup in this offense. In my opinion, he's the third wide receiver behind Robert Woods, behind Brandon Cooks. And he's coming off an injury. And they just had Josh Reynolds score two touchdowns. Like, you got to be a little bit worried about, you know. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. He's pretty good. Cooper Cup has been a good player. He's got sure hands, but, like. I really like the chemistry he had with Jared Goff from the second half of last year all the way to when he just uh, left this lineup past a week and a half or two weeks or so. Um, they really look in sync, Craig, though. Like, I'm a big fan of that chemistry that I look for in QB wide receiver pairings, and it was super apparent with those two. I don't. I just don't know if Keenum's the guy, man. Like, I, lo- I-, I love Sutton as much as you, but Keenum stinks, and they're throwing so much to Sanders. Yeah, I mean, if he was getting somebody a little bit better than thirty to forty passes a game, if if they're gonna keep doing this though, this thirty-one to three bullshit, like, what are you gonna get from Doug Martin? I mean, flex play. I can see how this trade could work for. I mean, it all depends. It's it's such an interesting trade when you said it, and we both are on different sides of it. It was between one of the top teams in the league and one of the worst teams in the league. When you're when you're at sixteen teams, yeah, when you're at sixteen teams and and you need certain depth and in guys, and you need to fill out that roster. Yeah, I totally. I think I'm just more concerned than the public and what most of the media is about Cooper Cup's injuries. that's fair. Everybody just assumes Cooper Cup's back. You know, he's healthy. He's playing this week. He's back to normal. Uh, I actually do. I would just pump the brakes on that a little bit. I don't think that he should be back if he's not. I don't. I wouldn't understand why he would be if he wasn't one hundred percent. That's why I think I'm under that assumption. If he's not, then there he and the team is foolish to play him. This right. Week. Yeah, I agree. See, that's a tough trade. That's a good trade. I guess it's such an even trade as if we're going to be conversing like this back and forth about it it seems that it just really depends on who's looking at it it's a good one alrighty 
Listen, that wraps it up for me. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review us. It really matters. Uh, you could also find us on SoundCloud uh, if you're looking to find us more on a consistent basis. We're always there. We post every week. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Craig, any last words? All right. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Going for Two Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to follow the guys on Twitter at Craig Fernicola and at Billy Bowerman and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.